listening to Radio Tab's Mobile Rolling. Presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound. Making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices online or over the phone. 1800 060 896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. The is Swayze. It leads away by four metres. He taps it up to keep its mind on the job. In second, Posse Spirit of St. Louis. And then Typo, our money rocks. Followed further back then, Tasty Delight, Narano. And Mac Da Vinci heads the remainder. 27 won the quarter. The leader is Swayze. He gets to work. Heart, Spirit of St. Louis, Our Money Rocks, Tasty Delight and Narano. They're all trying to wear down this gun horse, Swayze. But with 100 to go, it's Swayze clear. Running into second, Narano running a cracking race. But it's Swayze for the money. Swayze beats Narano. Our Money Rocks, a good run third. Spirit of St. Louis. Fourth. Simply brilliant, Swayze there. The horse that defeated Leap to Fame, of course, during the carnival. Chris Barsby is with me. And I'm glad you're going to get Cam Hart on, Chris, because I happen to be watching some of those races at Menang on Tuesday when I got home and he just kept winning everything. Uh, he won five races there on Tuesday. Looking at the prices of them, Chris, they weren't all $1.20 chances. One was 10 one was seven fifty. He's just a gun, isn't he? And he's not even a very young man, is he? Not He's 24. Yeah. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah, Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. He is one of the uh, the new stars of harness racing. There's no question about it. Uh, Nathan Dawson is the leading driver in the country right now. He's not much uh, older than Cam, and Cam's had terrific success. In the last probably 24 months now, uh, he's been able to rack up a lot of feature race success. He's won the past two editions of the Blacks of Fake. He's won the Miracle Mile. Uh, he's won a lot of... Uh, uh, the Inner Dominion, rather, not the Miracle Mile. Uh, he's won a lot of feature races, but he's driving in all of the big races as well he's gone close over in New Zealand and this horse is bound for New Zealand so he's going to be the sole Australian represent uh, representative because as we know now spirit of St Louis they've pulled the pin on the New Zealand Cup so Swayze is the lone flag bearer for Australia in this two mile feature race and as I said to you earlier in the week I think he's the horse to beat mm. but is it hard rock and roll do attempted this last year did he Chris went over to New Zealand things didn't play out yeah, that's right. It's not an easy assignment. There's no question about it. Um, you know, Arden Rooney, Karen Manning was able to do it the most recent. Uh, Steel Jaw for Norm Lang back in the 80s was able to do it. So it, it's a very hard assignment. But this combination, Jason Grimson, Cam Hart, they've gone close previously. So I'm sure they know what is required to win this race. And I think they've got the perfect horse for mm. 2023. I'm just having a look at some of his stats. It says here that he's getting close to 1,000 wins as well. 969, 11 group ones under his belt. Cam Hart. Good morning, Cam. Good morning, guys. Chris has got a meeting questions, but if I, what makes you so good? If you were to sum that up, if someone said to you, you know, what would, how would you answer that, Cam? Uh, it's a hard question to answer, but, um, yeah, I just think the sport I've had for starters pretty well from the start of my career all the way through. I've had a lot of good role models to, to show me the ropes, and I've tried to pick up little things from each person that's helped me and um, try and make it my own kind of style and seems to be working for and me. Some of those role models you're making reference to? Uh, well, I grew up with Uncle Trev, Trevor White. Um, he showed me everything from when I was could barely walk all the way through to, you know, my first year of driving, and then obviously come up to Sydney and I um, looked up to guys like Todd McCarthy and and Chris Alford when I was a kid as well. So uh, yeah, it's been plenty along the way. So Cam, who's the driver right now that when you compete against them, you still well, you still pinch yourself thinking I'm driving against one of my idols here. Who would that be? Oh, I'd have to probably say um, Chris, Chris Alford. Um, 
probably between, you know, the age of 10 and, and probably 16 when I was really starting to, you know, drive track work and things at home. He was a driver that I looked up to. He was, you know, driving 200, 300 winners a season. And, um, yeah, he's a great guy as well. So he's um, definitely been a big, um, you know, role model for myself. Have you been able to lean on Chris for some advice, things that you might, you know, just tinker with, just subtle things? So have you been able to reach out to Chris and say, what should I do here in this situation? Yeah, I haven't sort of so much done that, but I've just sort of tried to watch from a distance. And, um, yeah, Chris is a great guy. And whenever I've travelled to Melbourne, um, even at the start of my career, I did a couple of trips down there. And, yeah, he's always uh, very helpful and, and very friendly. All right. Well, the form is in uh, in absolute perfect nick right now. So the eye is in. You're bound for New Zealand. Swayze, is this the right horse to win their biggest race on the calendar over there? Yeah, I really think he is, Chris. Um, he's sort of got all the manners to, to step away, which is important for a New Zealand Cup. And then, obviously, he's got the big motor and he's a great stayer, so the two miles is going to suit him down to the ground. Having been there previously with Jason and now that you're going back, how big of a difference is it this time, knowing that you sort of know what to expect this time compared to that previous time that you went over there? Yeah, it's a huge help, you know, that experience with Majestic Cruiser. Um, obviously, you're on second last year, and that's just, yeah, given us a lot of um, things to know about the race and even me as a driver, just the way they, they work their stand starts and everything. So, um, yeah, we've sort of not going into it like deer in the headlights this year. We kind of know what sort of horse you've got to take over, and, um, yeah, I think Swayze's the perfect one. All right. Can I ask this question about Swayze? Jason Grimson is building a terrific resume. There's no doubt about it. He's been able to win a lot of big races. And a lot of his horses have been cast-offs. But this guy is just a little different because he's a little younger than what he's had to work with previously. So this guy's five. He's rising six. So has he got Swayze at the perfect time of his career? Yeah, for sure. He's definitely in the prime of his career. I think all horses probably hit it when they're in their five-year-old season and uh, late four-year-old season, so, um, yeah, for sure. And, um, yeah, he's just a powerhouse horse. He's, you know, he's only been lightly raced. I think he's only had 40-odd 40, 40 starts, so still plenty of good racing left in him. Yeah, and to back that up, he was brilliant up here during the winter, uh, culminating with that victory in the Grand Circuit race, the Blacks of Fake, beating Leap to Fame. But the two runs this campaign, they've been awesome, and I mean awesome in a really good way because the speed is a lot different Compared to what he was showing mid-year, uh, the point-to-point speed is there, and he seems like he is just stronger all round. Yeah, for sure. He's definitely gone to another level, and you know, we gave him you know, that stand-start trial for a bit of practice, and obviously they were racing uh, in the Battle of the Beersheba on the Sunday, and that trial was Wednesday, and just poked along nice and steady pretty well throughout and just zipped up a quarter, and, geez, he was so sharp. That point-to-point speed's really picked up, and... Um, yeah, I was super happy for Jason and I to see that. And, um, you know, it probably shows everyone that he's not a one-trick pony as well. Yeah, he was ruthless on Sunday in that free-for-all, uh, beating up on some good quality opposition as well, Spirit of St. Louis, Typo, the likes of those horses. And the times back it up. 52-3 for 2,400, and he's finished off in 54-4, and he looks super strong through the line. Yeah, he could have went faster, Chris. He's just such a powerhouse horse. So strong and you know if I'd asked him to get rolling up earlier I'm no doubt he had a bit left um, to go quicker so yeah, it was a great run and like you said when you got horses like Spirit of St. Louis um, trailing you and, and not being able to run on 
that's what you know. It's a good run because I've got a lot of respect for that horse. Yeah, there was 16 metres between you and Spirit of St. Louis. And as we just said, you were still going forward and he was he was giving ground. Yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, he might not have been quite 100%, but, mm. um, you know, it's still a good good guide for Jason and I, for sure. So is he in perfect shape ahead of the New Zealand Cup? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, hopefully he travels over well. That He can't be any better at the moment um, before he flies. So, um, and Jace, obviously, he's had plenty of experience now um, taking Majestic Cruiser over there a couple of times. So he knows, um, you know, what sort of work and that he'll need um, with the flight and all that. So, yeah, hopefully he should be spot on come cup day. Do you know if there's any sort of plan to give him a bit of a, uh, a, a trial in that cup trial or is he just going straight into the cup itself now? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I haven't asked Jace what his plans are, but um, I know when Jace does travel, I mean, he doesn't mind just taking him to the to the racetrack, um, probably at Addington, and just giving him a look around. I'm not sure if he's planning that or not, but I'd say that could be likely. Okay. Another question that I wanted to ask, uh, you've been able to sit behind a lot of Jason's good horses in those big races, but is Swayze the best that you've sat behind for Jason? Yeah, he definitely is. Um, I've been asked this question a lot, um, you know, from his past great performers and they've been pretty hard to split, but he's definitely um, on top for me. He's, he's uh, another level, I think, and, um, yeah, hopefully he can prove that in the New Zealand Cup. Okay. I know you do a lot of form, so how's your form on New Zealand? Is it just a cooter that you're worried about or is there a few others over there that you're paying good respect to? Oh, you got to respect them all. It's obviously a New Zealand Cup and it's, the whole field's going to be full of quality horses, but obviously Cooter's been massive um, this time in. He's really been dominant over there, so he looks the main danger. And obviously Old Town Road, I've got a lot of respect for that horse as well. He's you know a dangerous horse with a lot of speed, so you've got to be expecting him to be coming home late. So um, yeah, it's probably they're probably the two main dangers, but yeah, we're going over there with the right horse, I think, and uh, with plenty of confidence. Okay. Two dollars a cooter, three fifty Swayze. Should that gap be a little closer? Uh, I believe so. I probably should be switched the, uh, around the other way, to, in my opinion. But I'm probably pretty biased, Chris. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, another horse that I wanted to talk to you about this morning is my ultimate Ronnie. He was one of your winners last Sunday, taking out the Breeders' Challenge four-year-old Entires in Gelding's final. He's a sharp horse, isn't he? Yeah, I love him. He's probably one of my favourites. He's, you know, he's been a great horse all the way from two to his four-year-old season now. And, um, yeah, he just continues to keep getting better. And, yeah, he's um, just a pleasure to drive, really. He went 50-4 and four last Sunday, home in 25-8. How, how quick was that track last Sunday? Weather-wise, it looked ideal. So was it just a, a fast, hot day? Yeah, it was really hot, Chris, and no wind there. So it was probably the perfect day to run some time. But, you know, at the end of the day, they've still got to do it, don't they? But, yeah, it was a nice day to, to try and let a few loose. Okay, so as it stands then, you've got travel coming up to New Zealand. Are you going to make the trip to Perth for my ultimate, Ronnie? Yeah, definitely, yeah. So I'm um, looking forward to getting over there for the Golden Nugget and, um, yeah, I think you'll be a good shot. You've got plenty of frequent flyer points coming your way by the sound of it. Yeah, I love this time of year. You <laughs> sort of keep pretty busy with all the interstate big races on. So, um, yeah, that's why we're in the game and try and get, you know, amongst all the bigger races that you can. And then before long, you'll be here in Brisbane again for ID23. Yeah, that's right. It'll be a busy weekend. I think the Golden Nugget's the day before the end of Dominion. So we'll um, jump on a flight and get back to Brisbane and hopefully we'll have one in that final. OK. So at this stage, how many times do you plan on getting to Perth to partner my ultimate Ronnie? 
I think he's planned to have two runs. Um, just not sure whether we'll be able to go over or I'll be able to go over for the first week. We'll just have to play that by ear to see what we've got on in Brisbane, but I'll definitely be there golden nugget night. Okay. And just on Swayze, ID 23, so at this stage, he'll go to New Zealand. Does he return for that series here in Brisbane? I think that's the plan. Um, obviously, we're going to have to look to see how he pulls up and everything and how he handles the flight back home and, and whatever, but that's the plan at this stage, Chris. All right. Uh, one other thing, just with, uh, with Swayze, it, it's very much open at this stage. Who's going to be crowned the Australian Harness Horse of the Year? Leap to fame. He's got, you know, two good victories, the Rising Sun, the Sunshine Sprint, uh, and he's got placings in a few other big races. But he needs to win the Inter-Dominion to probably solidify that title. Catch a wave is certainly in the mix as well. If anything, he's probably got the nose in front. But your guy Swayze, he's got that Grand Circuit victory in the Blacks are fake. If you conquer New Zealand and then come back and win the Inter-Dominion, it's game, set, match. Surely you get the title. Well, yeah, it'd be pretty hard to deny him if you could, yeah, do the Black Forsake and Indian Dominion um, double. But obviously, like you said, you mentioned a lot of champion horses there alongside him. So, um, yeah, we'll see how the, the last couple of races play out. It'd be some sort of effort, though, wouldn't it, to go to New Zealand, win their race, and then come back only weeks apart and win the Inter Dominion series? Oh, for sure. It'd be, um, yeah, probably, I would imagine it wouldn't have been done. So, it'd be, yeah, pretty amazing uh, if you could pull that off. Do you start allowing yourself time just to think that you're the reigning Inter-Dominion champion driver? Uh, I try not to. I try not to look, on, look back on the path and yeah, try and go into the future and, and try and get another one. All right. Well, busy times, exciting times ahead, but he looks absolutely uh, bulletproof at the moment, Swayze. Uh, those two runs back have been stunning. So full steam ahead for the New Zealand Cup. Really appreciate the time. Safe travels, and we'll see you here in Brisbane for ID23. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. There's Cam Hart joining us. So, Steve, as you said, he is in super form. He's got plenty of travel coming up. Christchurch, Perth, Brisbane. But a uh, lot to look forward to. A bit of horsepower there. Yeah, to work there's with. a bit of USA in his driving as well, Chris, when yeah. you watch him uh, over the closing stages. Uh, Cam Hart. And as I said, all those winners earlier in the week, five of them uh, at Benangle on Tuesday. And they weren't all short price favourites. But down to the 400, never ending. He leads the way. Back straight quarter, 28.5. Second running on empty. Skipping class third. And they were headed then by Alexander the Great. They come to the turn. In front, here it is, never ending. He straightens up by five metres. In second place, we have running on empties. About to get towards the outside. Skipping class, Alexander the Great. It's in front, never ending. And on the inside, running on empties, running a really good race. But down to the line, he's in cruise mode. Never-ending win. Second there was. Uh, Matty Young, he absolutely loves this horse, Chris. Uh, he said, what does he say? He's got beast mode and all that sort of stuff. And he goes around as one of the favourites in the derby. But, you know... Not problem-free preparation and awkward draw. So yeah. be interesting to get your, your next guest's thoughts on, on mobile rolling. Well, I'm looking forward to this chat because he's one of the stars of Australian harness racing, no question about it. His record speaks for itself. He continues to produce top horse year after year. And you know what, Steve? He's chasing his third straight derby. He's won the past two years. Tricky Mickey last year, Mighty Ronaldo two years ago, and he's got the odds-on favourite lining up tomorrow night at Gloucester Park, never-ending. The trainer is Justin Prentice, and he joins us now. Justin, appreciate the time. Yeah, not a problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, this guy, he is the real deal, isn't he? How excited are you about tomorrow night? Yeah, the excitement sort of kicked in a little bit now. Obviously, um, you know, once we're there... Um, 
you know, we had a little bit of a hiccup with his prep, so that sort of more kicked in the nerves more than anything just to, um, you know, took us off track a little bit from what I had sort of set out for him in my mind. But um, he's come through the workout last week really well. Um, hasn't seemed to have knocked him around. He's, you know, cleaned up all his seeds this week. His work was good yesterday. So, yeah, I'm thinking he's going there in the best shape I can get him. And, and so that just, you know, leaves it to, to Junior on the night and sort of look forward to to um, hopefully getting the job done. Okay. Just on the setback, uh, how, how serious was it? It didn't turn out to be serious at all. It sort of... Um, the morning before the race, he, he just sort of had a cough and, and and a small amount of mucus in his nose. And I was I was sort of thinking maybe it was just allergies this time of the year. And um, but I was just a bit concerned if he if he had a hard run and then you know a couple of days later he, he had a heap of mucus and you know it did turn out to be a problem. It would have left us you know on the back foot and struggling to have time to treat him and and how much that run would have knocked him out would have would have been trying to sort of picking back up so I just took the cautious route and made sure that there was no issue there he never missed any work which is the main thing so um and and it really didn't turn out to be anything at all okay you took him to Gloucester Park last Friday night work between races looking back now did he need that little hit out or could have he done that at home and still been right on target for tomorrow night's derby I could have done it at home. The main thing, I just wanted him to get off the property. I've got my fast track here, so, um, you know, he doesn't leave the property. I, I really thought it was more just a mindset thing to get him off the property. Um, he ended up going a little bit harder than what, you know, we had sort of set out for him. With Belly's galloping pacemaker got a bit keen on him. Um, but it really sort of hasn't seemed to knock him around. Uh, we took it easy on him for a few days, and, and he seemed really good in himself, bounced off it extremely well and like I said he's, he felt good in his work this week so you know hopefully um, if anything you know it's only helped him. Okay. The derby is over 2,500. That's the unknown with never ending like it is for most of these three-year-olds stepping out tomorrow night. All of his racing over the 2,100 metre distance range. Have you got any sort of concern about him running 2,500? No I haven't. Um, probably the only concern would be if, if he got if he got revved up. Um, I don't have any concern of him sort of running the distance if he settles nicely, which I, I think that jaw um, suits him for that for that reason. And um, obviously all his, his work's over 2,500 and, you know, his, his heart rate's good. He's good in the wind. So I really think if it's a genuine run, 2,500, that will suit him perfectly. Mm. You just touched on the barrier draw. So... In many ways, it seems ideal, this barrier draw. He doesn't have to get involved early, so that uh, that risk of getting fired up is gone because he can just follow through and find his rhythm quickly. Yeah, I think so. I, I really just didn't really want to draw sort of one or ten where we had to, you know, you know, somebody probably would have tried to have a crack at us early and we would have had to really break it up up front. Um, that's kind of the only thing I really didn't, didn't want to do with him. And obviously... Sort of didn't really want to draw eight or nine either, but um, I was really happy with a backline draw following out a nice beginner, and he's on a helmet straight away, which you know he settles best on a helmet. So uh, I mean, it's only on pavement, but it looks a suitable draw for him to settle, you know, close enough, and then Junior just work it out from there. 
How do you rate your rivals here? Uh, Mr. Smarty's unbeaten since joining uh, the Hall Stable. Uh, Fess Up looks pretty promising. Sky Lou looks promising. There's a number of talented types here. How do you rate your dangers? Yeah, well, I, I really sort of think if any horse in that whole race, if it got the right run, I think it's capable of winning. Um, the Rolling Fire is probably going to go out, you know, anywhere between 30 to 1, 50 to 1. I think if he, if he got the right the right run, he could win the race. Um, so, you know, probably Mr. Smarty and Lasaka before the barrier draw definitely looked sort of the main two dangers, I thought. And, you know, they've come up with some some average draws. Um, so I think, you know, like they're definitely probably the two, two of the main dangers still if they can get into the race at the right time. Sky lose a little bit of an unknown. He was really good last week. Um, and, you know, one of seniors, you know that they're going to run a strong 2,500. And, um, if it leads comfortably and there's not a lot of pressure, then, um, you know, if it turns into a sort of, you know, 1200 meter race then you know he's going to be really hard to, to catch and yeah i just there's good horses all over the all over the page really and it's just one of those races if, if you know everybody sort of tries to beat one horse and you know it's going to sort of leave it um to another horse that's probably been forgotten about and, and got the most economical run. Yeah, fair point. Uh, how does this year feel compared to the previous two years? You've won the past two editions, Tricky Mickey last year, Mighty Ronaldo two years ago. How does it sort of feel in the build-up this year compared to those previous years? Yeah, well, it's definitely been bigger build-up on the attention on never-ending, obviously, compared to the others. Um, Tricky Mickey w was favourite, but um, the field was probably nowhere near as, as strong. Well, it definitely wasn't anywhere near as strong as this year. And um, the year before that with Mighty Ronaldo, he was um, maybe third or fourth in the, in the market, but it was one of those derbies where it generally is, where there's sort of two or three really good horses in it. Uh, and then the rest of them, you know, half the field maybe are sort of just making up the numbers and um, we're sort of the forgotten horse to some degree with, Lavra Joe and Jumping Jack Mack sort of trying to beat each other, which, you know, suited Mighty Ronaldo. So I think this strong, was well, the strongest derby field that I can remember, and obviously that makes it a, a really exciting race. But the build-up's definitely, you know, been quite different with the amount of attention and, and that on, on never-ending. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's in my stable. Yeah, absolutely. What about uh, Gary Hall Senior? He's come out and said that this is the best three-year-old that he's seen. He's got three rivals going up against you tomorrow night in the derby. So is it a little bit of sportsmanship on his part or do you truly believe that he thinks Never Ending is the best three-year-old that he's laid eyes on? Uh, um, well, I, yeah, I did see that comment. I was a little bit sort of surprised by it. But, I mean, there's no doubt that Senior's going to be doing whatever he can to to beat us. Um, I think, you know, obviously he's probably going off a little bit of the feel that Junior gets from him. I know that uh, earlier on in, in this prep, Junior said that between Never Ending and Mr Smarty, it's going to come down to Barry draw. And I, I think it really has only been sort of the, the last few runs of Never Ending that Junior sort of decided that he'd, he'd drive him no matter what. So that sort of goes to show, um, you know, how much of an opinion that, that Junior had on Mr Smarty. And, Junior's not generally one that sort of really wraps him up. So that sort of made me think, you know, 
how good it must be because I knew how much junior light never ending. And um, yeah, I think on the Black Flash is, you know, they paid a lot of money for him and have sort of sounded like they've been a lot happier with him this time in since he's been gelded. And if you've got a horse like him seeing three fence, he's going to be very dangerous if, um, if the speed's on the whole way. Junior's the right man for the job. He's won, what, six derbies, I think, for memory. But uh, we spoke with him recently, and he, he believes that Never Ending is right up there with Alda Cristiano as the best three-year-old that he's driven. And that's high praise indeed when you go through the list of horses that Junior sat behind, in particular three-year-olds. So his faith in this guy, it's um, it's it's rock solid. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I guess I was sort of nervous the whole way along, sort of thinking, what if... Junior jumps off because um, there's no one I'd, you know, rather one in, enjoy it with. They're really good mates, and it sort of definitely makes it more special when you can when you can have success and and enjoy it with a with a good mate at the same time. But just um, his ability to to not only sort of sum up a race while he's out there, but just his horsemanship, how he, you know, he can help during a prep with you know, like how he felt one week to the next and how he tries to educate the horse, you know, in a race while still, you know, making the right decisions and, and get the job done. It's just you um, sort of, you know, that just makes such a big difference to to making my job easier. So, um, yeah, hopefully we can win, have the ultimate success tomorrow night. Yeah, Just on that, it's a really good point because I went back... And I watched his uh, first ever start, uh, never ending last year. It was back in July last year. And that point you just raised about Junior, how he can sort of teach them uh, in running. Um, He went back from a wide draw at his first start. He ended up last. He went to the fence. He came off the fence. And when he made his move down the back, it was just unbelievable acceleration that he showed. Rocket Coco, I think, was the odds-on favourite in that race that day. And then... Uh, approaching the turn, he was able to pop him straight in behind Rocket Coco, just giving that little bit of an ease, and then he popped out again at the top of the straight and put him away. But there was just those few little things, those those little tricks that a champion driver like Gary Hall Jr. can do, and uh, he was just breathtaking that day. It made me sort of sit back in my chair last night watching that replay, and you go on now and you just watch how he's matured and, and evolved, and it's just it's fascinating in so many ways. Yeah, it is, and I mean that day, I, I kind of really, I sort of knew he was pretty good, but there's no way in the world I expected him to be able to do what he did. Um, you know, the way the race was run, and I think, you know, that day we, I sort of discussed with Junior that we were sort of happy if he could just run home strong and finish in the first five, and we sort of discussed of, you know, just, you know, not sort of pulling him out, get pushed out, and, and launching him from the 600, which Junior sort of did ease him out. The 600, I don't think he even sort of realised how, how quick he was sort of going down the back there when he sort of covered him as well as he did. But, I mean, even his um, last start in the Southwest Derby, he was always going to work to the front, but Junior just wanted to to go under his own steam and not let the horse decide when he wanted to go forward. He, when he sort of goes, he, he wants to go 100 miles an hour. Um, so Junior wanted to just settle him in the breeze first and see if he would settle for him and he did he settled perfect and then um and then he you know let him ease forward when junior wanted him to ease forward just little things like that that you know a lot of people other you know drivers sort of won't think of but 
Junior's just such a good horseman um, that, you know, he'll do those things out there and get his peace of mind as well, obviously, going forward. But it helps me with trying to educate horse to, to turn him into the racehorse that we want him to be. Even in that defeat, that sole defeat, he made that break there at the start. And a lot of other drivers probably would have panicked and chased and and pushed him, you know, beyond his measures. But Junior never did that. Uh, he just allowed him to sort of find his rhythm again and then he just allowed him to sort of run home and he finished uh, third on that occasion. But uh, even that night, uh, he didn't sort of... He could have easily blown his brains out, is what I'm trying to say, but he didn't. Yeah, 100%. And I was sort of saying to myself, as soon as that happened, just Junior look after him, look after him. You know, obviously you still, you know, need to give him his opportunity, but... Um, Junior said afterwards, he said, I generally think that we still win that race if, if you know, but he said whether we have a horse left after it, you know, is, is the question. And that's the good thing is Junior doesn't panic and, and he understands that, you know, what we need going forward and, and what the ultimate, you know, goal is, which is which is the derby, which is grand final day, you know, for this prep. So, um, yeah, I think he was... He actually, I think he said that he was he was too worried about losing his golf partner. So um, he thought he'd better look after the horse. <laughs> of his dozen victories, what's the one that stands out most for you? Not necessarily the biggest, like he's won the Golden Slipper, he's won the Pearl, but what's the, the victory that stands out for you most, Justin? Probably his first up run still, I think. Don't believe I'll, I'll ever have a two-year-old, maybe any horse let alone a two-year-old do that again what he did first up after two slowly run trials where he led in both of them um hadn't had a lot of you know education and then just to sort of do what he did um after that first run i was just like shocked myself thought geez how much pressure is going to be on his next few runs now after what he's just done then um and it has it's only grown since really did anyone clock him that day? Well, he would have just smashed the clock that day, surely. Yeah, Russell Betts clocked him. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. I reckon he's maybe gone a sub-27 and then around a 28 home. I don't, I don't think he... He might have even broken 55 home for a start as a, a two-year-old, which is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, too right, too right. Is he the best that you've put, put the bridle on? Yeah, obviously, like, raw potential is definitely got the most raw potential and, you know, I've ever had of a rock and roll Lincoln won a pacing cut when he sort of just stepped into free fall and I really feel like he he broke down right at the, you know, the prime of his career when he was sort of really just sort of showing us what he was made of. But, um, you know, on raw ability, this guy sort of suggests that he's sort of just got everything, you know, he's, he's turn of foot unbelievable and I guess we just need to see him do it over over the longer trip which a lot of our big races are, are over but um, hopefully we can see that tomorrow night. Have you allowed yourself to think about next year or are you just solely focused on tomorrow night with the other uh, derby so do you start thinking about the Eureka is there a, a four-year-old feature that you're really focused on with him or is it all about tomorrow night? It's mainly all about tomorrow night because this has been our grand final for this prep. So um, I haven't, you know, obviously the mind wanders a little bit um, with, you know, like 
what we need to do. But I haven't sat down and worked out, you know, mapped out a, a plan for him for next prep yet until after after tonight's done and I get a couple of good nights sleep and then I'll be able to think clearly, I reckon. Mm. Justin, just with your Western Trilogy next year, have you got a couple targeted towards the big Dullaball race? Yeah, we have a slot ourselves. Um, so last year we took Mighty Ronaldo. He's, you know, going well again. Um, except for the pacing cup next week. So, you know, he's definitely in our minds. And then, um, you know, obviously depends on how it fits in with this guy's program. There's the potential that, you know, we've had a little bit of interest with never ending. So, um, we'll see how tomorrow night pans out and, and how the program looks when I can sit down and, and work that out for next prep. Okay. Just uh, on, on your stable, how many are in work, Justin? Uh, I've only got 13 in work at the moment. Uh, I try and keep the numbers sort of around 20-ish. So I bought eight yearlings last year, which are in the paddock, and we've got sort of like a lot of the two-year-olds from this track that their, their season's sort of done, so they're, they're in the paddock as well. So, um, yeah, pretty easy numbers at the moment, which is good. I like to be able to sort of have the numbers a little bit lower around these big races so I can spend, you know, majority of my time concentrating on, on those horses. And then um, once they're over, then all those babies will come in and we'll just try our best to see if we can find another never-ending in there somewhere. Right. What is it with the babies that you love working with? Um, well, there's a lot of times where I think that I don't like working with them because they <laughs> can drive you crazy. But um, I guess it's just a time where, you know, something that I, I really set out to do. I've always really enjoyed, you know, studying the breeding and that sort of thing. So I've always, I've bought yearlings for a long time. And then it really sort of got down with John Lohman come along. I met John Lohman in, in, on a plane home from New Zealand and, and then he become sort of my biggest owner and, and influence you know, in my life to some degree, business side of it anyway. And um, and we really sort of set out a, a business plan to concentrate on the young ones where a lot of the money was and sort of senior and Bonnie at the time, you know, you couldn't compete with the money that they would be able to spend on horses from New Zealand and, um, you know, to try and beat them in those bigger races was, was nearly impossible. So we concentrate on trying to avoid that, jump into the younger ones, um, and I guess, yeah, we've always sort of dreamed of being able to buy one from a yearling sale and, and, you know, go through as a two- and three-year-old and a horse and were able to crack a grand circuit race last year with, well, this year with Mighty Ronaldo winning the Fremantle Cup and a horse that we bought for 22000 or something from the first yearling sale and won the slip of the derby in the Fremantle Cup, which is, just a, you know, it's just a huge thrill and it's... um. Sort of, I don't, I just means that little bit more when you've sort of put all that work into them from, from day one. Yeah, fair enough. Where does Glenn Mortimer fit into the stable now? Yeah, Glenn's really sort of um, come in and just done it a massive like role for me and, and helped me. He helps it a hell of a lot with the, the social media side of things and it's always, you know, a phone call away since, you know, we lost. We lost John and, um, you know, him and Ross Fitzgerald, if I ever, you know, need, you know, 
help with the business, you know, running the business side of it and understanding the numbers and that, you know, they've always had to come down and sit down and have a meeting and, and discuss that side of thing. And Glenn's so good with his time, you know, manages all the syndicates, doesn't charge a cent for it. He just does it because he loves, you know, uh, ownership of horses and being experienced it with um, with other people. I mean, you know, Ross Fitzgerald never even knew each other before. Um, you know, John got Ross into horses and now they're, I'd say, probably best mates and live down the road from each other and, um, yeah, being able to experience it all with those sort of owners um, just makes it so enjoyable. Will there be a big party if he wins tomorrow night, never ending? Yeah, I'd say so. There's um, there's a big group of owners and um, a lot of them have been in, you know, the last two derby winners. But I, I think tomorrow night, just because of the horse he is, um, will just be that little bit more special too, I reckon. Yeah, no doubt. I know Junior's a West Coast man. Are you a West Coast man or a Dockers man? No, absolutely West Coast. Ooh. And anyone that plays the Dockers. <laughs> Well, let's hope there's um, some brighter scenes uh, in the near future for the uh, the West Coast Eagles, that's for sure and certain. Hey, Justin, really appreciate the time this morning. I know you're busy. Um, it's been a, a great thrill. He's a super horse, no question. So we'll be cheering him on over here in Queensland and uh, all the very best tomorrow night. Yeah, thanks very much. There's Justin Prentice joining us. So uh, he's a super horseman, no question about it. And our next guest. He I wonder knows... what he's selecting in the race. Yeah, but he knows <laughs> him really well as well. So yeah. it's. Um... But let, let's be honest, is it, is it going to be a task? I mean, it's, you know, obviously how good he is, but sometimes you can, like in the thoroughbred world, no matter how good you are, if you get a tough run, you can sometimes just be beaten yeah. by tempo or beaten by a tough run or whatever sitting wide. But because um, he's going to have to come overcome and you know, do some work, Chris, no doubt about it. Yeah, let's um, ask him. Yeah, Matty Young, good morning. Good morning to you, boys. He's a gem, Justin Prentice. Yeah, yeah, he really is. Um, he's very, uh, he just, yeah, he's very... Um, Meticulous, uh, calculated. Yeah, 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 very, 100%. Like, thinks about everything he does uh, as a trainer and just in life. He's just, yeah, he's always, always thinking. You can see when you're having a, a conversation with him, he's very pointed with what he's trying to say and he doesn't he doesn't use words for the sake of it mm. put it that way yeah so with this race tomorrow night as steve just said it's a second row draw they don't hand out derby so you've got to earn the victory so how do you see it tomorrow night i see them going reasonably quick i think mr smarty being off the front line he'll be looking for a forward position um and it's just going to be one of those races where, where the big money's on the line, how many other horses come out and really have a crack and, and look for that forward position. Uh, he's two off the back line, which I think is a really good draw for him because he's into a position he can just uh, settle and let everything unfold. And then as soon as they back off, he can make his, he can make his move. So um, I think it's a really good draw for him and he's got... An unbelievable turn of foot, and yeah, I just the, what he did at the track the other day concerned me a little bit because he ran his first quarter in twenty-seven nine, and that, that was it's concerning that uh, he wanted to run as quick as he did early, um, but at the same time, I think into the field following a helmet, he's going to be a lot better. He'll conserve that energy and then go 
bang bang in that last lap and I think we'll see a pretty special performance tomorrow night. Did you frame the market dollar thirty four? That's what price. Uh, no, I, I didn't frame the market, but uh, at the same time, I've, I have done my own market, and I marked him at a dollar forty. So there you uh, go. Yeah, I thought. Are you surprised by that, Chris, or not? No. 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 No, I'm a fan, so that's the problem with me framing my own market. Sometimes I let my my opinion on a horse overtake it but yeah look, I, I i'm very confident he can win if mr smarty drew the lead i think it would probably be more dollar sixty two dollars ten and then the rest of the field would be big prices mm, but, i see mr smarty's around two dollars ten the place is that a reasonable place odds or not yes 100 percent. if he can get two dollars ten the place i'd be taking that yeah. uh he's he's quite clearly the second best three-year-old in this state and i didn't think Oh, I thought it was just a two-horse race. So uh, he's got gears, that horse, and he'll need them tomorrow because he's going to have to do some work in the race. But um, it, it'll be a really good test to see how good both these horses are. Mm. I said to Justin just before, Matty, um, I went back last night, watched his first ever start, Never Ending, in Pinjarra. It was breathtaking, that first start. Yeah, well, 100%. He, oh. um you don't see horses win like that at yeah. two-year-olds and you don't see them um, cover a field that wide. He was just, yeah, as you said, breathtaking. And Russell Betts over here in the West compared him to uh, Shandon after that first win. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, he's he's a really special horse. And, um, and how he's been able to come on as a three-year-old from his two-year-old days and the, the work behind the scenes, as we've mentioned it on this show before, that Justin's done, and I think Junior's a great fit for the horse as well because Junior just gets him to settle and um, gives him the time, and he just works with him. And I think it's just a great match all round. It's, it reminds me similar of uh, Bill Horn, Village Kid, and Chris Lewis. I just think it's a great pairing. Uh, the, the trio is just it suits so well, and hopefully for Justin and Glenn Mortimer and the owner's sakes, they can have just as nice a run yeah. with uh, with uh, this horse's village kid had. Well, uh, one question that I failed to ask, Justin, that I wanted to ask him, what size uh, Hopperley has? Because I, I looked at his stride. He takes a giant stride and he really fills those hobbles. I'd be fascinated to know what size Hopperley f- wears. Yeah, I'd say it'd be 60-plus. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty comfortable. Uh, yeah, he's a big horse. He's, he's imposing, <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. No question. But it's a good field, it's a good race, and I'm really looking forward to it. It's one of the... Oh, I love the derby, I love the nugget. Uh, there's, there's a couple of the races I, I really enjoy every year because you've got so many different form lines coming together for one race. It's, uh, it's the pinnacle. Yeah. And, and as I said to Justin, he's chasing his third straight derby, but the, the build-up this year is far different to what he's gone through with Tricky Mickey last year and Mighty Ronaldo because of the, the hype that this horse has generated. Absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it really is true. And, I mean, it, Justin's got that to look forward to with Tricky Mickey with the nugget coming up, and he's come back so well too. So, I mean, it's not just a one-horse stable, as he mentioned in the interview with you guys. Like, he's got so much talent coming through and... Yeah, it's it's really great to see. Yep, no doubt. Well, the Derby is race five tomorrow night. Race four, Navy Cup. 
magnificent storm. He was magnificent. First up since the Brisbane campaign. He was terrific last week. Can can he go one better tomorrow night? 100%. He'll be winning. Uh, he couldn't have been more impressive, in my opinion, first up. He... He sped off the arm, which I didn't think he would do, um, and he went to the breeze. He was involved in the quick lead time before relinquishing and then getting out late and dashing through the line. They'll use his gate speed tomorrow. He'll go to the top, and that last 600 metres, I can see 100% what's going to happen is they're going to open that field up and let him slide because he's he'll want to have a decent hit out before the uh, before the... Uh, pacing cup next week and I think he's he's got to be a massive chance yep, no so um, yeah I think he, he's one of the main ones that I'm looking forward to seeing in the pacing cup next week that's yeah. for sure. That was disappointing wasn't it when he turned up in Brisbane we just didn't see the yeah. real magnificent storm yeah it's, it's sort of tough like taking on horses like uh, horses like uh, Leap to Fame and Swayze and those types like I think, uh, if anything, it can strengthen the horse's career uh, going and facing them. So I'm expecting that he's been able to bounce back pretty well. And, and what we've seen is going to be fantastic. Well, tell me this. The pacing cup comes up, what, next week. So if I was to pin you down now, who are you tipping? Yeah, he'd be the one. He'd be the one, okay. um, I think. He can he can win it from any barrier draw where others are probably barrier draw dependent. Okay. All right, well, we look forward to that next week. What about a good thing or two tomorrow night? Where do we go? Uh, we go the first race, race one, number one, the Codebreaker should be winning, and race two, number three, Steno. I thought uh, she'd get a really good opportunity to charge to the top and lead them astray. So race one, number one, and race two, number three, my two best bets. And I reckon Matty might do. I reckon we'd take a multi tomorrow night. So we'll go race one, number one, race two, number three. Then we'll go Magnificent Storm. He'll go in race four, number six, and then race five, number nine, uh, number 11, never ending. How's that sound, Matty? Oh, that sounds pretty good to me. Sounds like yeah. free money. He'll sneak up the broadcast box before the derby. He'll shut the door, <laughs> lock it, and say, oh, I didn't realise. I'll have to call it. Uh, it would be good. Yeah. <laughs> and I reckon there might be a beast mode along the way in the call, if you were calling it. Uh, yeah, well, there could be. It depends. As long as he's winning. Yeah. 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 Can't wait to watch it now, given the commentary yeah. around this horse. Yeah. He's a special horse. Special horse. Special combination, as Matty said, like the trainer, the driver. They all work together, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, a pleasure to watch. No question about it. Hey, Matty, enjoy Derby night tomorrow night. We'll talk next week. Cheers, guys.